Dustin Blaze with Beef, across from me. Denim Wall, the troop historian, smoking dart. And adjacent to the two wall boys, you have myself, I'm Miles, I am Chief Runs with Bins. Thank you guys for coming into the clubhouse. Before we get started, I'd like to kick it off with the straight arrow oath. Everybody uh, in scout uniform, three finger salute. Those at home in civilian clothes, hand over your heart. Repeat after the historian. A straight arrow always tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow knows this is a damn good show. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which of course would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? We matanya? We matanya! So season one is done, everyone. We did it. We did. I just, I, yeah, I think we, that deserves another we matanya. Wimitania! Well done. I'm yeah. I'm got goosebumps. So, like we said, season one is done. We're between season one and season two right now, and we just kind of wanted to have an episode to kind of go over anything we missed, revisit any ideas that we really enjoyed, talk a little bit about the series as a whole, kind of current events, what was happening, uh, and just whatever else crosses our mind before we bridge the gap into season two. Sound about right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, also take a minute to mention that we've uh, invested in some pop filters for the microphones. Pop, 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 pop. Going into season two, if you can't tell, we're, uh, we're real professional now. Considering how we uh, our traditions in this club host, they're more like beer deflectors from the microphone <laughs> than anything. This pop filter's got foam all over it. <laughs> so anyways... The showrunner for season one was Greg Daniels. I think we may have mentioned that, but um, he was mentioning <clears throat> up until the show was actually aired, King of the Hill was the name of the first episode, mm-hmm. the pilot that when um, Mike Judge was writing it, yeah, I think eventually it aired as, I think it was called... Um, something like Bobby the Baseball Shaman or something. Phenom. That's it. Yeah, that's what it ended up being called. <laughs> I can heal you. But um, potential names that were brought up for the show, the writers all came up with a whole list of names, and I'm just going to rattle off a lot of them here. <laughs> so, uh, don't stop me. Hank and Peggy Hill, Mr. and Mrs. Hank, Hank's Way, Boy Howdy, Texas Toast, The Hills Are Alive, I, Hank, the heck with Texas, don't mess with me, the Hank Hill Radio Hour, Decent Folks, Hank Hill, Texan American, Citizen Hank, Deep in America, Texas, USA, Dale Gribble and the other guy, (laughs) I'm going to kick your ass, Propane Man and Raising Hill. (laughs) Which one's your favorite? I'd like to think that Boy Howdy would have been my favorite, and I don't understand why Hank's Radio Hour was ever questioned. I like Citizen Hank. I mean, like, obviously, Dale Gribble and the other guy is my favorite. <laughs> That's so good. I think, I think they, I'm surprised they weren't sold with King of the Hill right away. I'm like, when I first, like, watched the show and I saw, noticed the name of the family was Hill, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that is clever. What was the last one again? 
Raising Hell? Raising Hell. I like that one, too. That yeah. one could have worked well. That's a good one. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they said they were all uh, suggestions from the writers. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that Hardwick wrote Dale Gribble <laughs> and the other guy. <laughs> no doubt he did. So you said it took a whole season for them to decide on one? No, it, was, it wasn't until, like, the show was, like, being made. Oh, okay. It was before they pitched When it, it was oh. shopping around, Got they you. were like, it's Mike Judge's... It's New and project. It's, yeah, yeah, it's his thing. Got it's the Beavis and Butthead guy. <laughs> and he was the Beavis and Butthead guy. Like, Do America had just come out, and they, yeah, he picked up steam right away on this. The season finale aired at 8.30 Sunday, September 21st, 1997 on Fox. Sandwich between The Simpsons and The X-Files. Uh, that Sunday was a pretty big day for Fox. They brought in like 11 million viewers for King of the Hill and The Simpsons. And X-Files had 13.3 million. The 7 o'clock spot, it was an hour long. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a show called World's Greatest Animal Outtakes. No. <laughs> 18 million views. <laughs> <laughs> Was that nine? It had nine. The warm up. Why they wouldn't stick around? <laughs> I know. So, that sounds great. Yeah. It reminds me of that show I used to watch, Wacky Babies, as a kid. Oh, I remember that. Oh tape. fuck, that was a good VHS. And uh, yeah, so the first episode to air was the pilot, same as our DVDs. The production code means like I guess that's the when they started working on it, um, and they started writing the script and getting it. In order, not necessarily when it airs due to, I mean, a million different things. And we talk about them in each episode. So, but they're the, that's the way they're presented on the DVDs. So that's the way that we go through them. Right. So Fox really believed in King of the Hill then, right? Like X-Files and The Simpsons was arguably their two biggest shows in the 90s. And they decided to jam King of the Hill right in the middle of it. It's also an, the only other animated one, it looks like, which I'm always so used to the animation domination. Right, yeah. That, that was like 2004 and yeah, onward. Like We were back in grade one when this was going on. Yeah. such thing as animation <laughs> domination. No. I can just imagine so many um, Tip of the Spear-esque X-Files <laughs> fans waiting for their show to come on and having to watch King of the Hill. They probably loved it. They're all Dale. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> <laughs> But um, the season finale aired 8.30 Sunday, September 21st, 1997. And that was, again, between The Simpsons and The X-Files. The X-Files was a new one. And it brought in 19 million people. It was like, I don't know if it was a season finale, but it was, if you're familiar with the X-Files, it's one that goes with the mythos of, like, Mulder and his, like, the ov- the overarching story rather than the Monster of the Week episodes. So 19 million people tuned in for that one. That was a hot night in TV then, eh? Yeah, The Simpsons. That was the finale we're talking about now? So yeah, this this is the finale for mm-hmm. the for King of the Hill yeah. and The Simpsons. The Simpsons was the episode, the Simpsons spinoff showcase, um, and it had seven point three million viewers. King of the Hill actually had eight point two million. Oh, um, so count it. I mean, who's opening up for who? Yeah, now, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm gonna take it as a win, maybe. Yeah. But like, I probably pretty pretty sure those people tuned in for X Files. <laughs> they just got there early. It was with the like because there was like eleven more people, eleven million more people for X Files. 
Uh, and at seven o'clock again, do you want to guess what show was pulling in the viewers? <laughs> What was it, uh, Slow Children, Fast Animals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty close. Um, it started out the season at, with 9 million, and it was started bleeding viewers. I don't know why. <laughs> they decided to change the name to World's Funniest Kids Outtakes. <laughs> oh, <man>. 5 million. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was what like, season one looked like. You remember when people like used to turn on, like tune into TV to watch shows like that, like before YouTube and like social media, like when you had to watch a kid like getting hurt or like <laughs> falling down. It's like now you can't get away from it. Go on <laughs> Facebook. So they had a really strong season one, as we could see. The writing and production never stopped from episode seven until the end of season two. Oh, so they just kept writing right through. They didn't take a break. Yeah, because season one was picked up, and they had the six done. So then they had to come back and finish season one. Yeah. And then before season two was out the door, season one was coming back to be aired. Mm. So, like, it kind of overlapped. And they both, I think, are from 97. The average Nielsen rating was number 43 in television with 8.6 million viewers. They got some nods from season one for the awards, the 50th Emmys. Uh, they were nominated for the episode Square Peg for, Why? yeah, <laughs> um, for like outstanding writing, I think it was in a comedy uh, short, in a comedy half hour. Oh, because it was topical. Probably. And nominated alongside them were Cow and Chicken, Dexter's Laboratory, mm, South Park, and The Simpsons. Does anybody want to take a guess at who won? The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Do you want anybody want to guess how many years before this, up to and including this, The Simpsons were uh, nominated? Well, you mean like how many years The Simpsons were going with nominations? Yeah. Um, I guess since the start, so eight years. Eight years nominated for nine episodes, <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is their fifth win. Nice. Um, yeah, so they were like they were looking over over 50, over 500. Something called the Annie Awards were all was also they nominated them quite a bit actually, five times. Um, best director John Rice for Keeping Up with Our Joneses, female voice actor for Brittany Murphy, male voice actor for Mike Judge, um, twice nominated for writing. Paul Lieberstein uh, for Luann's Saga, as well as the Allens, Cohen, and Fried Friedland for Shins of the Father. And they got nominated for Best Animated TV Program at the Annies as well, but they uh, did not win any of those, sadly. No nominations for Johnny Hardwick. No, nothing. <laughs> what a shame. They also got nominated at, at the TCA Awards for Best Animated Series. Uh, but no wins. No wins this year. I mean, nominated is still pretty good. Yep. We're going to get them next year, guys. We'll address the cast, the main characters. Um, pretty much everyone on this list that I've uh, that I've done today has been in at least 100 King of the Hill. King of the Hill episodes, uh, episode to episode, we've already talked about uh, kind of minor character roles and who plays them, but we never talked about uh, the main group. So I'll start at the top, and that's, of course, Mr. Mike Judge. Now, I didn't know this, and Mike Judge was actually born in Guayaquil, Ecuador, and grew up in New Mexico. 
Uh, he eventually went on to study physics at the University of California, San Diego, but soon became uninterested and bored with the world of science. He started to focus on animating and creating short films. The first was The Honky Problem in 1991. These shorts eventually led to Beavis and Butthead, which in turn led to King of the Hill. Now, Mr. Judge has voiced a myriad of characters on King of the Hill. Uh, most importantly, Mr. Hank Hill, but also Boomhauer, Stuart Dooley, Ted Wasanasong, Octavio, Monsignor Martinez, and many, <laughs> many more. Your dad lost his job. And although Octavio is based on the appearance of actor Danny Trejo, Mike Judge was actually the original voice. And apparently Trejo only voiced him for one episode. Until... Eloy Caseros uh, voiced Enrique until 1999, and then Danny Trejo took over uh, after that. Mm. Gotta keep Danny employed. Of course. <laughs> it's good to see him get some more work. <laughs> Next up, with uh, also 258 episodes appeared on, is Kathy Najme. She began acting in the early 1990s uh, with prominent roles in Sister Act, Hocus Pocus, and Rat Race as well as uh, many other smaller acting roles. And, of course, we know her as Peggy Hill. <laughs> anyway, Hank, would you please tell Boomhauer Swiss cheese is not Mexican. It is American. I want him to bring some Monterey hack. I remember her in Rat Race. She was the wife to... John Lovitz. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, also with 258 episodes, is Pamela Adlon. And... This is ridiculous that we've never talked about this before, but her first start was actually acting in Grease 2. No <laughs> shit! Oh, what? No! Oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> why does that fucking movie keep coming back to us? Why? It's not even good. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> uh, she played Dolores Rebchuk in Grease 2, and uh, she's a very accomplished voice actor. Um, tons of animated shows to her credit, including Rugrats, 101 Dalmatians, and she also plays Ashley Spinelli on Recess. Oh, man, Rugrats is a great show. Of course. I love the show Recess. That's a good one, too. Great show. And, of course, on King of the Hill, we know her as Bobby Hill, Clark Peters, Chainless Song Song, and many more citizens of Ireland. I'm a little worried about being a slut. Next up, another 258-episode cast member is Johnny Hardwick. A Texas native, Johnny began working as a stand-up comedian in the early 1990s. Sometime around 1995, Johnny performed a set in L.A. about his father in Texas. Who was in the crowd but Mike Judge and Greg Daniels? They immediately approached Johnny Hardwick after the show and asked him to be a part of King of the Hill. So he's basically like the number three in, in, in King of the Hill. And of course, we know him as Dale Gribble and Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use his government name. <laughs> Welcome back, friend. I knew this day would come. And uh, another 258-episode cast member, uh, Stephen Root, uh, starting in 1988 with the absolute banger Crocodile Dundee 2. He's uh, <laughs> had a, actually quite a prolific acting career. No, no, see, what I'm saying is salad don't always have to have salad in it. See, there's potato salad. And, uh, 
And of course, he is Bill Dotry, Buck Strickland, and many more uh, characters in King of the Hill. I wrote down that my favorite acting credit is probably a trumpet playing mental patient in an episode of Chicago Hope in 1995. <laughs> 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 Just like picture Milton in a mental hospital playing a trumpet, and that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. And that is, that's the end of the, uh, the cast members that aired in uh, every single episode of King of the Hill, which was 258 episodes. Uh, next up is 254 episodes. Can anyone take a guess as who that would be? Anybody? The Subinusophones. No, the, the, uh, the actor. Oh, Toby Huss. It's Brittany Murphy. Oh, we didn't already say her. No, we haven't yet. And... I thought it was kind of impressive that I didn't realize before that Brittany Murphy's born November 10th, 1977. That would make her 19 when the, when they began creating King of the Hill, which I thought was quite impressive. I was watching the the making of DVD, of the special features on the DVD here before, like last night. And yeah, they're interviewing her. And it's like all from like when they're making like season two and she's a kid. Like, yeah, she's yeah. I didn't I just never clued on how young she actually was. Mm -hmm. She was not old when she passed away. She was like 30, uh, 32, I think, or yeah. 33, something like that. Yeah, 32. That's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Fuck. Uh, yeah, so she's easily the most recognizable King of the Hill mainstay. Um, she had her big break in 1995 film Clueless. Uh, she went on to have a ton of prominent film roles uh, in, like, Don't Say a Word, 8 Mile, and, of course, Uptown Girls. Uptown <laughs> Take me back to New York. Uh, of course, she uh, plays the uh, the ever airheaded but ever amusing Luann Platter. And she also voiced Joseph Gribble until season five when he hit puberty. Uh, Brittany Murphy tragically passed away December 20th, 2009 at, like we mentioned, the young age of 32. I'm sick of dysfunctional families. I came from one, and I'm not going to let it happen to you. Function! Function, damn you! The next one up, uh, the one that... Denim, you just mentioned, with 164 episodes acted in, Mr. Toby Huss. Now, he's an American actor, possibly best known for his roles on King of the Hill. Um, taking the word cheerful out of the definition for boisterous would probably be the best way to describe uh, how, he, how he acts on King of the Hill with uh, Con Sufanusimphone and, of course, Con, or Colonel Cotton Hill. <laughs> a little bit of kind of a Ross Perot-ish sort of. Well, it's kind of mean, I'm nasty, but loud the whole time. So he just screams a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he also voices Jojack, who's an hilarious, like, side character we meet in a couple seasons, or maybe in uh, season two. I can't really remember. And we also met him in Peggy the Bobble Boggle Champ as the Russian Boggle commentator, yeah. Alexei. Alexei. <laughs> and I thought this was kind of funny. If you're a Seinfeld fan, you will recognize him as one of Elaine Bennis's uh, late season boyfriends, uh, their final season, actually. He is Jack, a.k.a. The Wiz. Because nobody beats The Wiz. I don't remember that episode. Nobody beats me because I'm The Wiz! Yes, I'm The Wiz! I'm The Wiz! <laughs> okay, I remember, I remember now. <laughs> Next up on the cast list, we have David Herman with 153 episodes, starting his career in 1989 with a role in Lost Angels, starring none other than the King Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. What? Now I know about the name I don't wear a cup nor a jaw. I really think that's beyond bizarre. Life is piggy. Woo. 
All hail. All hail the King Ed Rock. Uh, he had a few other minor roles in the early 90s, and, uh, and he got his big break in 1995, I think, as one of the original nine cast members of Mad TV. Do you have the other nine? No. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think of that. Um, he ended up leaving the show, I think, in the middle of the third season to pursue other things. He would, Like Stephen Root, he was also in Office Space, uh, playing the unfortunately named Michael Bolton. Oh, really? Yeah, that's oh. David Herman. No oh, shit. Mm -hmm. He also had roles in, uh, uh, or so he had also had a role in Dude, Where's My Car, a bunch of other uh, lesser known movies, and a ton and ton and fucking ton of animated shows, including Bob's Burgers, Futurama, Family Guy, American Dad, Beavis and Butthead, the 2011 reboot, and of course, King of the Hill. He doesn't have like one main you know, member of uh, Rainy Street, but he has easily the most... Uh, He's the Hank Azaria. Yeah, exactly. He okay. does, like, every other character that nobody, that nobody else could do. <laughs> um, some of them, just to list a few, Buckley, Jimmy Witcher, Eustace Miller, Gale, former President Jimmy Carter, and probably my favorite uh, King of the Hill voice credit, the alien urine salesman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, notables from season one include Anthony the social worker and Twig Earl. Twig boy. Yeah, <laughs> Twig boy. And, of course, Earl the, the from Earl's Guitars. Thanks for the latte, Kenneth. After Mr. Herman, with 124 episodes, we have Ashley Gardner. Like David Herman, she started her acting career in 1989, not with Lost, An Lo not with Lost Angels, but with Heart of Dixie. And like Toby Huss, she's also appeared on a, a Seinfeld episode, but this time it was in uh, season one. She played one of Jerry's early girlfriends. She's probably best known uh, for her roles in King of the Hill. She lends her talents to the characters Nancy Hicks Gribble and Dee Dee Hill. Hey, Hank. Dee Dee Hill. Do you still mm. like finger painting? <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of looks like both of the characters she voices on King of the Hill. She's like super blonde and yeah. Big hair? Yeah, big hair. She got fake tits. Both lefties. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> so I was going to stop there because that's the end of, uh, of characters that have done over, acting in uh, over 100 King of the episodes, minus Lauren Tom, but we already talked about her in uh, West East Side Story when we meet the Sufa phones. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Jonathan Joss. He is John Redcorn after season one because of the unfortunate passing of Victor Aaron after he was only able to voice two episodes. We call upon the sacred Wimatanya. So he is probably like, uh, like a few on this list. He's best known for acting as John Redcorn. But he's had uh, many roles in his career. Um, most of them revolve around his Native American heritage. He plays Ke uh, Chief Ken Hotate in Parks and Rec and um, like a whole bunch of other Native American characters. I'll just list a few in some of the movies, uh, TV shows, and video games he's, uh, he's acted in. Black Deer, Comanche, Kicking Wolf, Raymond Wolf Waker, Richard Whitefeather, Raymond Firewalker, Bent Twig, John Eagle Claw, Kicking Wolf. <laughs> he's also the front man in an alternative blues band called the Red Corn Band. No. Which apparently won a Grammy Award for Best Native American Music Album. The Red Corn Band? Yes. Big Mountain Fudge Cake? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's all I touched on this episode for the main voice actors in King of the Hill. So thank you both for that amazing overview of all of King of the Hill. Uh, that was very, very good. Well researched, well done. Uh, so let's kind of get into uh, a little fun game that we have for this episode uh, that we've so 
rightfully dubbed the Hill Family Feud. Contestants, come on down. We have Chief Runs With Bins. Why don't you introduce yourself? Give us a little bit about yourself. Hey, it's good to be here. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, Mr. Game Show Host. <laughs> I'm glad I'm winning. Uh, Steve Harvey. <laughs> and we got Blaze With Me. Yes, yes, thank you. Happy to be here. Drove five miles for this. Uh, we use the metric system. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure how to play Family Feud, but this is a game that I've got some categories, and you're going to have to, as far as I know, this is how Family Feud works. You're going to have to, it's called the Hill Family Feud, so it's obviously King of the Hill flavored. Um, the first category is Bobby's Disappointments. So I'm going to, let's go with... Runs with bins first. So, That's you, buddy. Yeah, seniority rules. So you're going to have one shot to okay. give me one. And now it's not always that it has happened, but it has to be on my board. So, okay. for example, it's Bobby's Disappointments. So these are I most, have eight. These are the most memorable men of season one? Mm, yeah, they're pretty memorable. Or most significant? Yeah. I would say so. So you, and then if you fail, you pass it off to Dustin. And then you can, and then if you get three three wrong in a row, uh, then it's, then you're done. And if he gets it right? It, you can keep, keep going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, so. Well, lay, it, lay it on me. Feels pretty unfair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bobby's Disappointments. Uh, the first one that sticks out to me is probably almost killing Willie Nelson with a golf club. That is 100% out there. You've got one. Right on. Awesome. Keep going. Oh, I got Okay. Uh, another one would be kissing a plastic head. Did I have. This. Yes, Bobby woos a plastic head. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be uh, probably my favorite letdown that we've talked about <laughs> that's so That's a pretty far. good one. <laughs> okay, let's think. Another one. Uh, I'll go to the pilot episode uh, when he sucks at baseball. I have it word for word. Bobby <laughs> sucks at baseball. <laughs> you're, uh, you're cleaning up here. Okay, what else? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, shoot. I'm going to go to the king of the anthill and say, Bobby tries to save Hank's lawn and rolls around on it after a bath, but it doesn't do anything. I don't have that one on here. Well, it's a buzz then. Oh, it's a buzz. That's a buzz. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bobby's disappointment. He plays Hank's guitar with cheese. That is on there. Played Hank's guitar with a brick of cheese. Yes. Okay. Um, Bobby's silent stick gets eaten. Ooh, I don't have that. That's another ah. buzz. <laughs> Bobby's disappointments. We got. You think there'd be more? There's, <laughs> there's four more on the board. Okay, there's four more. Oh man, I'm gonna try to think of all these episodes here. We're talking so much Arlen lately, and Bobby's so <laughs> always disappointing. Can I steal? You can steal. You can steal. Steal. Bobby throws a quote-unquote party while they're in Dallas. 
No, I don't have that one on here. And it was because I think it's unclear whether he blames that on Bobby or Luan. Gaia. And I think because of the age of the men, he's blaming it he on Luan. He still thinks they're in school. I don't think... <laughs> they're in beauty school. Playing this together, Miles. <laughs> we joined forces. <laughs> Already? Oh, this is only the first category. Um, I'm going to say that he disappointed Hank with letting Ladybird off the leash. Oh, don't have that, although that is a, that is a disappointment. Okay, I got one. He disappoints Hank when he says he wants to be a proctologist. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> He has a lot of disappointments. This is a hard one. A lot of minor ones that I focus on. Is it maybe when he says his hero... Is that video game playing? <laughs> I, I wanted to put that, but I did not. Yeah, that's three wrong for me. Yeah. yeah I got one more to get wrong. Right? You gotta save the day here. I gotta save the day. Bobby's disappointing. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start up here at. So I'm just gonna tell them to you now. Uh, yeah. I think we we're out. Okay. So we end this round, Miles picking up three check marks, and Dustin with one. <laughs> uh, the f- first of all, reminder of the ones that we got right. Bobby knocks out Willie Nelson with a golf club. Bobby woos a plastic head. Bobby sucks at baseball. You started those easy ones. And Dustin got... <laughs> so true. Bobby played Hank's guitar with a brick of cheese. I also have Bobby stuns a whooping crane. Bobby yeah. picks up smoking. <laughs> Bobby crashes Hank's mower. Oh yeah. <laughs> into the garage for bonus points. <laughs> and Bobby bred fire ants that destroyed <laughs> Hank's lawn. I wanted you to elaborate on the anthill one because I was like, oh, it's it's no, a definitely can't help him <laughs> because he bred them. He was giving me the helpful look, but yeah. I couldn't pick up on it. He's like, mm-hmm. And then so we got we got round two. If we're just gonna go right on into it, this okay. one we'll have Dustin start. start out starting with the youngest. We're up to the second youngest member of the Hill residents. Luann Platter and Luann's Lines. Okay. So we got eight of them. Eight of them? Eight of them. These are just... These lines are from Luann. La- just from favorites that I had picked out here. <laughs> Everything she says is your favorite. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why aren't you saying anything? <laughs> it's on there. It's <laughs> definitely on there. The trail is tipped over. Oh, that's number one. <laughs> Okay, um, now are they one-liners? Always one-liners? Um, no, not... a full line? Not always, but I only have what her response is. A past lather, a failed rinse, (laughs) and a failed repeat, because it includes rinse! (laughs) It's on there. Yes, okay. I can go for another long one then. Uh, In beauty school, people can't be black, white, brown, or red, but their hair can be. You know, at the Beauty Academy, they teach us that people aren't black or white or yellow or red, but their hair can be. <laughs> Is that close enough? Yeah. Okay. Haven't you ever seen <laughs> Family Feud? <laughs> Steve Harvey just makes a stupid face and gives them a point no matter what they said. <laughs> Is your heart racing? <laughs> That's how I feel when you eat my makeup. <laughs> so close. I'll let you retry. Is it when... Uh, 
I spent extra money to be cruelty free. I'm gonna do a lot more than tap her. It's just your dog ate my cruelty free makeups. Yeah, can I cook? Yeah, you have that one. Um, how many more is there? You've got four. Oh, and there's four more. There's four more. Oh, do you think you know some? I think I know two. Okay. Okay. So there's still more. Um. Can I interject? Yeah, Miles yeah. can steal. Okay, um, the first one that I think is, uh, don't worry, Aunt Peggy, if, we don't, if we're not there in 30 <laughs> minutes, it's free. What's the rush? If we aren't there in 30 minutes, it's free. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And um, shoot, the other one, I was just thinking of it, is uh, why do boys with tongue rings always want a French kiss? <laughs> that's not on there. <laughs> <laughs> and I did rewatch that episode last night and fucking laughed when she said that. <laughs> Hank's like, oh, damn. Okay, uh, it's uh, it's gotta be a. Uh, I came from a dysfunctional family. Function, damn you, function. <laughs> uh, like just before that. Uh, is it the I'm not trailer? I, just cause I grew up in a trailer. <laughs> smoke. I, think it's, I, I don't smoke. I think it's after that. <laughs> oh fuck. Shoot, I don't know, Mister. I think it's like right before she says I came from a dysfunctional. I could be wrong. I'll give it to you. Okay. Well, I'll tell it to you. Tell it to me. Don't you know that more people die of oh. smoking than die of war in <laughs> Vietnam every day? <laughs> okay, I got, I got one, I got one. Okay. I rented Risky Business and a fire safety mm. video starring Chuck Mangione. <laughs> no, this last one's a bit, this last one's a bit of a, uh, is a bit of a deep cut. Okay, what do we got? Can we get a hint? Oh, it's about Buckley. So would it That's be from... Fashion. Would it be from Luann's saga? No. Can we have an episode? Fire ants. Oh, balls. We're tapping out. Aunt Peggy, Buckley wants to bring his 38 to shoot off at the block party, but Uncle Hank said nothing more than 22. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, Peggy's got the authority to <laughs> yeah. say, yeah, bring it. <laughs> so... So there's 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 the first half of the game. All right. So we got an intermission. All right. Well, I appreciate that game. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I've feel like it was only necessary to put myself through the arduous pain of taking the do's and don'ts and re-watching the whole season, looking for every single scene and animation <laughs> fault I could find that they break these do's and don'ts. That's dedication. I think he's going to need glasses. I was watching him how fast he was watching those episodes <laughs> go by. That's going to hurt your retinas. Before I start the do's and don'ts, uh, I did notice, like, some things beyond just what they had written in the rules that I kind of picked up on as I was going through. And I think some of them would be interesting to you guys to hear. So what I did was I went through episode by episode and looked at which Alamo beer can that they use in that episode. And let me tell you, it changes every episode. Explain. In episode one, they have a red and beige cream striped can with a blue and gold star in the middle as an emblem. And in the very first scene, they actually have Boomhauer using a beer cozy. The only time anybody uses a beer cozy. I did notice that, yep. yeah. 
And then so that is, I'm going to call that can one. So that's the cream colored can with a red uh, stripe and a emblem in the middle. Can number two is we see Hank when he's reaching in the fridge in square peg. It is the cream colored can, but it has a blue middle stripe with a red outside liner. And in the middle is Alamo written in white. So there's no gold star. And then in episode three, the Order of the Straight Arrow, you can see that it's just an all tan can with a white label and black Alamo letters. So there's three different can types. In episode four, they bring back the white lettered Alamo can like they used in episode two. In episode five, uh, they introduce the Alamo bottle, which is... At uh, Uglies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they have the, the cream label with the diagonal blue and red Do you remember if it's long neck or is that stubby? It's long neck. Long they neck. are all long neck. Uh, and also, um, at Willie's Barbecue, uh, they bring back a tan can with a blue emblem, but no red stripe, so a new can shape. Do you think maybe Willie Nelson drinks light Alamo beer? <laughs> it's very popular in America. Considering he was living on his lawn, he probably drinks whatever the cheapest Alamo was available at the time. And if you are interested to know, it was only Boomhauer drinking out of the cans because Bill and Dale are using the keg. They drink out of mugs. That's right. And Peggy drinks a bottle. With, what's his name? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. And do you think Boomhauer was doing that just to avoid Bill and Dale? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be. So we move on to episode six. They, again, reuse the can from season two. It looks like that's kind of the staple, like the standard, is the, uh, with the white Alamo with letters. The blue, mostly blue. Yeah. Mostly, yeah, big blue label. Uh, and then in episode seven, uh, Hank's Unmentionable, they bring back the episode three can from Order of the Straight Arrow, all tan with uh, black Alamo letters. Episode eight, they use the same as episode one, which has the star emblem. And Cotton drinks out of bottles instead when he's at the bar. Oh. So that was episode yeah, eight. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And Bobby had a root beer. Root beers, exactly. So episode nine, uh, they bring back the Order of the Straight Arrow black label tan can. Episode 10, they bring back the staple. Episode 11, this one was kind of the biggest fault that I ever saw, is because they start out with the staples can too, and then they change it. To the tan with black letters in the middle of a scene. Correct me if I'm wrong, that's Plastic White Female. Yeah. So I saw somebody else shared on something on Facebook that, like, that screenshot of Bobby drinking the grape, I think it's in that episode, and it turns from, he brings it in as a grape, Mm -hmm. and then he brings it in, it's the Alamo. Yep. And they write grape on it, and they compared it to other shots of Hank, and that actual original drawing the reason it's an Alamo can is because it's Hank's it's a reused cell that they just colored to be Bobby you know what's interesting though the scene I'm talking about is a different scene that they mess up the beer can I wonder if they did uh, had to do stuff like that a few times in that yeah where I think it's, so. is it an old is it a standard shot uh it's yeah it's them outside in the alley it's probably just chatting probably a stock yeah so that's when they had the can and they switch it to an old one so, you're right. Um, and then episode 12, The Company Man. Uh, all You don't see any beers in The Company Man until you go to the strip club, and then it's bottles. That's really weird. I know. I was kind of, I was very shocked. And then uh, the finale episode, uh, they use the standard episode two can. I want, uh, like, 
cover for a beer can that is it's like, just like an Alamo beer koozie. <laughs> like, can we get that? Can we sell that? Among uh, some of my Kiki Little research, I recently found out that there is a brewery that opened in the last couple of years in San Antonio called none other than Alamo Brewing. I drank Lone Star when I was there. Yeah, as you should. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was kind of my spiel on the cans. I just wanted to kind of point out that they did not make up their mind. So I guess that brings me to now my do's and don'ts. So there is... Wait. Do. Do's and don'ts. With Dustin. So thanks, guys. Uh, so there are 60-plus do's and don'ts. I decided to focus on a handful of them uh, just because... That would have to be a lot to watch out for, and a lot of it is really nitpicky. So the ones I decided to focus on were more character-based and then a couple animation-based. And to start us off, the man himself, Hank. So I decided to start a Hank Rubs Neck counter. Is that the back of his neck? That I did like... I did just back of the neck, no touching of the side of the face, no scratching of the head, only rubbing action on the neck. And I'm sure there's some that I missed, but I got a decent list. So the first one, of course, episode one, when Hank tells Bobby that he loves him no matter what. Hank rubs his neck. Uh-huh. Episode four, when Peggy is lecturing Hank about hoping in one hand and pooping in the other, that's basically when Hank says that he hoped Luann's falls in love with Wade. He rubs his neck because he's like, uh, I guess that's the wrong decision. Episode six, Westy Side Story, when Con asks what Hank thought happened to the dogs, when he says nothing at the very end of the episode, he yeah. rubs his neck. Episode 8, when Hank agrees with Bobby and Cotton that they should have dinner in front of the TV, and Peggy's looking at him like, what? Uh, he rubs his neck because he's all, uh, he's nervous. Again in episode 8, right after Cotton tells his World War II story in full, when Hank's supposed to approach him to tell him to leave, Hank rubs his neck. In episode 9, after Peggy loses the match to Sissy Cobb, the first one, and he tells her that she's the smartest person in Ireland. <laughs> she's still crying, and he rubs his neck because he doesn't know what else to say. She's the smartest <laughs> real Billy really town. Exactly. And then again in episode 10, after Luann runs away crying because she doesn't smoke, Hank rubs his neck. That's a lot. And I'm sure there's more because uh, a lot, like, you can't watch everything, but that, that was what I, that's what I noticed. So that was rule number 10. Rule 13, I focused on Peggy now. I didn't want to, but she's in a lot of scenes. <laughs> so, that was rule number 13. Uh, and then let's move on to rule 16. No skinny red corns. I was hoping for more of these, but again, he doesn't show up very much in season one. Are they referring to, to Joseph as well, though? Uh, I think they just mean John Redcorn because they say that John Redcorn is taller and more muscular than Hank, even oh. though Hank could... Beat him up if he really wanted to. Yeah, easy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think that qualifies Joseph in that category. But there's only one scene where you see a skinny Redcorn, and that's when they're at Luli's, when John Redcorn comes up to Dale and asks him if he can dance with Nancy, and he gives him a beer. His arms are, like, just a tiny bit bigger than Dale's. Oh, and, and Dale's skinny. arms are tiny. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, moving on to number 18, No Smiling or Laughing Boomhauer. I really, like, I liked this one the most because you can actually find out what Boomauer actually thinks is funny. <laughs> because he, he does laugh, and he laughs in episode three when Hank mentions to Peggy 
that he thinks that she's anxious for them to leave on their trip because she's got to go get those Zapatos. For some reason, Boomhauer thinks that's just fucking hilarious. <laughs> Everybody laughs, but so does Boomhauer. In episode five, when they're at the golf course and Bill starts telling that dirty joke, but he has to turn it into, and then she was a nun and she converted. <laughs> yeah. Boomhauer thinks it's hilarious. He just <laughs> he laughs a lot. And then in episode eight, when uh, Bobby's having his birthday party, what are you talking about? Oh, really? Boomhauer loves that. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. It's funny, man. He even comments on it. <laughs> he does. Dingle Fecky, man. Always funny. Belushi, John Candy. <laughs> See? Yeah, I was going to say, he, he just likes watching Bill squirm in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, No Smiling or Laughing Boomhauer. All right. Now for the one everybody's been waiting for. Dale. Dale and his glasses. And his glasses. So I have an accurate counter. Uh, I'm very confident in this one. <laughs> we have six times in season one. That's like half the episodes. Just about, yeah. And there's two in one episode, and I'm counting those as two separate times because they're at yeah. different points in the episode. So uh, the first time he does it, uh, in episode six, uh, West East Side Story, once when the movers come, I think we talked about this, that's yeah. when we introduced it, and then again when he thinks that Khan is going to steal the water and send it back to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Again, in episode nine, uh, Peggy the Boggle Champ, when Hank comes to the mower show wearing Peggy's purse. Yeah. Episode 11, when uh, Plastic White Female, when he's telling the boys about Joseph Party and how there's going to be flip girls there. And then again, in episode 13, when he catches Peggy in the basement. Uh, it looks like a scene where we see from Dale's perspective, night vision goggles, flips him up, there's Peggy. And we, uh, we see Dale with his sunglasses up. So, that's, that's like very, uh, like, that's funny because if the do's and don'ts came out early in the season, they broke that rule more toward the end. You know what, yeah, and you know what's really funny about some of these? You can just tell what episode that this rule got created for. Because, yeah. like, it doesn't come up until one episode, and then it comes up a lot in that episode. Yeah. Like, I... Like I, the rub in the neck part. Yeah. And uh, there's one episode that stuck out in particular, where it felt like they had to make a lot of rules for it, and that was episode five, Hank's Got the Willies. Oh. Yep. That one had a lot of sloppiness in it. I think... It, on the animation side. I think like. maybe that could... Because if a lot of the do's and don'ts seem to be, like, to protect the character... Um, feel like of each character mm -hmm. and bringing in Willie Nelson to the show clearly stirred up. I mean, it fucking gave Hank a guitar and like, I mean, everybody's acting weird just because they're trying to accommodate the show that's still very new to Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson's never seen the show because mm -hmm. it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> like, and, and they weren't even picked up <laughs> at that point. And also... Uh, a lot of the ones that came up in that Willie Nelson episode was on the animation side because a lot of the like it, when I go on further, there's some that are just more animation based, less about characters, and that's where you see a lot of the Willie Nelson ones, the episode five uh, fuck ups. Well, oh. yeah, so kind of crazy. Yeah, so let's. Uh, I'll move on. I know there, there's a lot of them, but I put a a lot of time into this one. Uh, so. Now I'm going to move on into more uh, animation side. They might get a little bit dry, so we might have to cut some of this. <laughs> but uh, there's some uh, good stuff in here, I think. So do's and don'ts number 17, no reptilian eyes. 
And what they're referring to here is that all of the characters' eyes in animation, they're shaped like crescent moons, but you have to make it a very thick crescent moon, or uh, when they send the animation off to Korea, it'll come off looking more like a slit, and the character will look kind of reptilian. So that's what they're referring to. Or high on drugs. Or high on drugs. <laughs> so episode two square peg, close up after Bobby asks Hank if he has sex anymore. If you look at it to Hank's eyes, uh, that's like a sliver away from being a reptilian eye. Mm. In episode eight, it happens twice. This was a sloppy one for this episode, and I feel like that's probably where it came from. Uh, after Peggy finds the solenoid, uh, when Hank looks to the side, like he doesn't want to admit that Cotton did that, his eye is just a little slit. Like he gets a reptilian eye. And then uh, again, when we close up on Peggy, when she's telling Hank that she's a, a citizen of the Republic of Texas, when she has that little speech, she has reptilian eyes during it. So I think that's the episode that this uh, came about. Thank you. And then a fun fact. Everybody but Bill, Boomhauer, and Cotton have fully crescented eyes. So those are the only three characters so far that don't have the crescent moon-shaped eyes, and they're just dots. Yeah, I was going to say, they're definitely Bill's eyes. <laughs> dots. Saddest Bill yeah, dots yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, Bill, Boomhauer, and Cotton. Um, so then, moving on to the liquid FX. So what I'm talking about here is that anytime they draw water on either a person's body, on their clothing, uh, on an item, you you both just fucking yawned. Well, it's, 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 it's contagious. And then also, uh, I think the whole of season one made them create rule 63 because you can see when you look at the do's and don'ts, it looks like it's kind of penciled in afterwards. They have this rule called no ghost towns, and that means that they want citizens of Arlen to be in the background of any kind of town shot. It's funny because I noticed that, that it seems like there's not a lot of people when they have exterior shots like that. Yeah, I noticed that, especially in the, is it in the pilot, that big pan, slow panning scene, like there's like kids playing in sprinklers and like people mowing their lawns and stuff like that, like not one household yeah. is unoccupied. Yeah. But in then, that same episode, when they go to Megalomart and they're outside it, it's just dead, too. There's a bunch of cars, there's no yeah, people. exactly. So I noticed this rule the most in episode five because there's a lot of scene changes in episode five. It happens when they go to the Beauty Academy, drop Luann off. When they go to Earl's Guitars, there's nobody outside. When Even when Peggy's at the garage sale, nobody else is there except for the lady doing it. Um, and then in episode eight, when they go to the Hotel Arlen, there's nobody outside. And I feel like that's got to be the heart of Arlen is like downtown where people want a hotel. There's got to be somebody outside. Um, and then again in episode nine, nobody's outside the Dallas Grand Plaza where that tournament is. Oh, yeah. Nobody's outside. Well, it is a boggle tournament. I guess. <laughs> I've dreamed of this moment since I was eight and up. <laughs> Whew. Okay. So that was the main ones that I focused on. A bit of a mouthful. And I have some honorable mentions here that they actually knocked out of the park. So no high fives. There are no five high fives in season one. Really? No high fives. It's funny that they just say a blanket, no high fives from anybody. I can see Joseph and Bobby high fiving. I don't see any. I think high it's fives. funny that they just say they don't want it. I mean, in the uh, in the description, they do say no, like Hank wouldn't do it, or John, John Wayne John wouldn't, wouldn't do it. it. But Hank and Hank. Bob, I feel it. yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They didn't specify it to Hank or like the boys. Yeah, it just or... says no high fives. There's another one. No animals can act humanely, as in they can't act like humans, and Ladybird, Doggy, are always deadpan dogs. 
uh, which they, I mean, I feel like it's kind of easy to do that one, but uh, it's really interesting when I'm watching for it, hoping that they do something that dogs wouldn't, but they always just kind of like don't care about what's going on, just our dogs. Well, I, yeah, I think also even besides that, I think um, it's easy to just draw a ladybird like a dog, but then like give it like eyebrows mm-hmm. that like you know like and give it like like even if it's not doesn't mean it stands up and walks like a human even if it was just to say like give hank a weird look that a dog wouldn't do. exactly what i was looking for and there's none of that they basically just have blank stares and turn around and walk away yeah that's a good one i like that one um and then there was one that i was looking for which is no fades out and or fades in and i was kind of it's kind of unclear because the reason they do it is they say it takes too much time they do a fade in and fade out of every episode start and finish and of every commercial. Yeah, but that's a fade to black for credits. And, and it, No, and that's why I say it gets a pass and I don't think I've seen it at all. So they don't do any fades other than that. Um, one that they hit out of the park every time is that when people are eating, the fork has to go all the way in the mouth and <laughs> they do it every time. Like I've, I had to pause it every time somebody was eating and the fork goes in. Every time. Every time. Seems so strange to like have to be noted, but I guess like to keep with the realism of the King of the Hill, it really comes down to like the little, the little things. That's funny. It reminds me of like when I watched uh, all the Family Guy uh, special features on those DVDs like years ago, and they were saying that like in the beginning they tried to use all the they tried to draw the food different all the time and then they were just like no we have these like five stock mouths that we use every time they eat so they always eat brown goop it's like you never they just stop animating food after a while because it was too fucking hard and the king hill's exact opposite because Mm -hmm. i watch all their mouth animations they all have chew cycles but they change for what the food is like if like i've seen bobby in the episode where Hank can't eat anything good, Bobby has a huge chew where he's taking big mouthfuls and it's a big, like, like camel kind of chew. Whereas when it's other episodes, he's just got, like, a normal, like, at dinner, just a normal munch-munch. Hmm. So every character has a chew cycle. And a fun fact, if you want to look for it, go back to episode six uh, when Hank and Peggy are eating pizza at the dinner table. Uh, Peggy's chew cycle is double speed. No, it's really fast. She loves that pineapple. <laughs> so she's got to eat it before the cheese gets cold and the pineapple gets. <laughs> and then uh, another honorable mention, the last one that I want to talk about is no paw hands, and that means every time they draw hands, they ke- the fingers can't all be together. And if you watch, they stay true to that for everyone. Everybody's got some sort of like finger separated or something going on that's showing what that hand is doing, and it's like. That is a next level detail for me, at least. Like, everybody's fingers are separated at some point. So watch out for that next time you watch King of the Hill. All right, are we ready for round three? All right, welcome back to the Hill Family Feud. It's great to be back. Thank you, Steve. In the first half of this game, we've looked at Bobby's disappointments and Luann's lines. Now we're going to go to the man of the house. This, this category is called Handy Hank. These are things Hank has fixed, fiddled with, or maintained. Oh, fuck. All right, <laughs> Miles, you're starting this up. Miles, you start us off here. Okay, I'm going to have to say the number one was fixing Luann because it was fun. 
like fixing a carburetor. That only counts for one. And yes, it's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Luan's broken heart, Luan like a carburetor. Was fixed. Now, I believe he also went out to straighten Bobby and Plastic White Female. Because he said Bobby needs fixing. No. No, that's not on the board. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say I've seen Hank in his truck. Hank's truck? His truck is on the list. First episode. (laughs) Okay. I have also seen now... It doesn't have to be mechanical. It can just be whatever he fixed or tinkered with. Or fixed, whatever. fiddled with, or maintained. Well, I've seen him maintain his tree in the uh, sex ed square peg episode. He That's was trimming true. his tree. Um, I think it's a little argue. It's arguable that he ruined, ruined that it, tree. <laughs> at the beginning, he was maintaining it. It is not on the list. I think old Sigmund Freud would have something to say about that. Good one. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and say Cotton's Cadillac. Ooh, that's on there. Because yep. he rigs up his pedal extenders. Mm. Yeah, he spends all weekend working on that car. Oh, damn. And he's finds a solenoid under <laughs> a tiny <laughs> pair of pants and a big pile of lies. <laughs> I mean, this seems obvious, but he's maintained his yard. His lawn, yes. His but lawn. specifically, I put it on there because of the fire ant episode. The king of the ant hill, right. Oh, man, where do we go from here? Can you can steal. You want another one? You got another one? When he regrouts the shower? The shower's Ooh. grout. Yeah, the shower's grout. That's another good one. Does off-screen count? No. Okay, I was going to say when he reorganizes his tackle box. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, okay, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, that so does hey, count. Hey. Yeah, that does count. All right. Tackle box is on the list. Fuck yeah. There's two more. How about when he's waiting for Bog or for Peggy to finish the round at Boggle and he goes to the hardware store and buys a, a P trap? P trap. I thought about putting that one in there, but I didn't strictly because it's on her desk for the rest of the episode. Right. He never follows. He never through. actually uses the P trap for its intended purpose. Can I can I get the category definition again? Uh, tinkers with, maintains, or fixed, fixes? fiddled with, or maintained. Tuning Betsy? Uh, no, I didn't include Betsy strictly because he had he sent it away to have fixed. That's fair enough. Goes kind of against it. That's a buzz. That's a buzz, mm. yeah. Do you want me to give you a... Yeah, I'll give, I'll a give you a hint for one. Okay. Okay. He has to fix this as a result of Bobby. The garage the door. The garage door. <laughs> yeah. And isn't it Dale that does that to the garage door, too? Remember when he cuts the brake line and uh, then it backs into the garage door? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the same episode. <laughs> oh, that's the pilot. No, it's the, the pilot. Horn. And then, then he crashes the garage door and then he crashes the mower in the Willie Nelson episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so this last one. One more. Miles, it's your, your, your mic. If you, if you, uh, you're, buzzed, you're buzzered in here. Can I get a hint, uh, Mr. Game Show host? He does this to drown out the sound of Luann's crying. 
Oh, it's when he says hammer and nails into his workbench. Yeah, the workbench. Hammer and nails. It's his workbench. Well, that was what I had. We got a category. Yeah, hell yeah. All right. Swept the floor. <laughs> so if uh, Miles started out with that one, this one's Dustin's. And uh, this is the last one. This is uh, extreme level difficulty, Savage. Uh oh. This is. <laughs> Ruthless. <laughs> this is uh, Peggy's ah. category. <laughs> it's called it's called Peg's Frito Pie. Oh. And these are Spanish words that Peggy destroys. <laughs> <laughs> Zapados. That's the first one. Yeah. Um, Do you know what it means? Uh, shoes. It means shoes. Uh, Miles, you want to steal one? Margarita. <laughs> that'll count. <laughs> Excuse me, por favor. <laughs> no, I didn't put that one in. <laughs> but I did have a hard time finding um, a lot of them. So uh, I mostly said fuck it after a while. <laughs> I did end up with a few more that you'll never get. But you can have a try. Are they all Spanish? They're all Spanish. Like, what about the carpe diem? Oh, that's Latin. It's not, doesn't count. Isn't it? Yeah, it's Latin. Uh, what about, like, her, her uh, Spanish alter ego, uh, Mrs. Ibanez? I, I didn't include names, no. <laughs> um, but in uh, the first episode, do you remember what she says when she tells Twig Boy what she does for a job? Espanol educator? She says, I am a substitute educator. Los estudiantos, los mis amigos, <laughs> is what she says. <laughs> and it translates to, students are my friends. <laughs> and I found another one that I fucking, I, I never would have thought was funny if, like, maybe, like, if you spoke Spanish, you would laugh. But even on the, like, uh, subtitles it did it just said speaking Spanish <laughs> and I was like I don't understand what she's saying it was really funny she, so it's when she's explaining to Hank to go to talk to Bobby out on the patio and she says mano e mano in Spanish but like she so she thinks she's saying like man to man, man, to man which would be uh, de hombre a e hombre what she actually said was hand to hand. <laughs> she go there and fight him. <laughs> oh, it's great. She sucks, and that's all I had. That's, that's all I had. That was that's the end. So we're all winners here. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hill Family Feud. We have our contestants here. Dustin Lays with Beef came in with eight points. Eight points. Let's all give him a round of applause. And here, uh, who's receiving the Rusty Shackleford's bag of pocket sand? Miles runs with bins with ten points. Getting rigged! <laughs> it's, it's his sand to begin with! Shasha! <laughs> well, thanks for that. That was a goddamn hoot nanny. <laughs> mm.
Yeah, I still think it's rigged. <laughs> I think I'll come back next season with a new after after season two, and we'll do another one. I think I gotta pay more fucking attention. Yeah, god damn. Right now at this part of our transition show, we're gonna talk about what we liked in season one and potentially even get to what we wanna see more of in season two. For me personally, the point in the season one that I wanted to hit on the most was in Plastic White Female, maybe because I was listening to us talk about this episode while I did research for this episode, but maybe because I just realized and remembered how funny it was. And it's the scene in Hank's truck as they're driving, and Hank is lecturing Bobby about making out with a plastic head, and Bobby is just trying to, you know, dignify himself in the slightest and explain to his father what is going on. And I think Hank saying that you're kissing a plastic head and you're afraid of looking like an idiot was a real turning point because I never saw a joke in season one before that point where it was Hank kind of like actually like, you know, taking a humorous side to discipline his son and, you know, kind of belittling him in some way. And I know that it likes to continue when Bobby and Hank's relationship grows and they're kind of more argumentative. It's not such a one-sided argument. And I think that was the, uh, the point that I noticed where it started at all. As for season two, I want to see more John Redcorn yeah. in, in his top-down GYJ blasting out some <laughs> 80s hair metal. I can't wait till we get to see more of John Redcorn. I'll pass it over to you, Lays with B. Thank you. That's uh, that's very, very good point. Um, for me, what I uh, kind of noticed about season one or what I want to talk about is kind of more overall because I'm not as versed in these characters as you guys. I kind of want to talk about the show as a whole. And what I really appreciate about this series is that each episode, the music is different. They do different transition music. They have a different theme for the style of music. Sometimes they have composed music. Sometimes it's just acoustic guitar. Sometimes it's electric. All of the score just feels organic, and I'm just hoping that they don't uh, reuse the same licks all the time, and I'm really hoping that we can see still see more of that. And I also want to see Bill be depressed. I want a lot <laughs> more. On, let's pull for him. I want to see him be happy. <laughs> I want to see him. I want to see how far down Bill can Nobody go. Nobody cares, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, that's about it for me. I'm, I'm excited for the music. I, yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. I just this uh, this podcast has been a new look into King of the Hill for me, and the music is probably something I never noticed as much as I notice it now, and it is very very good. Um, I think also maybe my appreciation of Luann yeah. and her lines. Oh, really. <laughs> <laughs> The trailers tipped over. I think I think that line to myself almost every day. For yeah. so for going ahead in season two, I can't wait to I, see that trailer <laughs> possibly get tipped back over. When I think of that line, I don't think of Luann saying it. I think of you yeah. saying it. I want a shirt that is the trailers tipped over. Um, but yeah. So I mean, if we're gonna. Talk about, like, let's head on into season two. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to set the scene. It's, uh, oh, sorry. Let me make a uh, yeah. correction. Um, I mentioned earlier that season one <laughs> finale was September 21st. 
season one finale was May 11th, 1997. Season two, so now let me set the scene. Season two was September 21st. It's mm. about seven o'clock, Sunday night. You probably didn't work that day. You're going to go turn Fox on, and uh, does anybody want to guess what show is on at 7 o'clock? Is it one we've talked about so far tonight, or no? Kind of. <laughs> the X-Files. No, it's, um, so if you remember, there was originally the show World's Greatest Animal Outtakes. Oh, my God. Um, bleeding viewers, they changed to World's Funniest Kids Outtakes. Didn't get any better. <laughs> um, they shortened the length of the episodes to half an hour. I think they really hit their groove, and they just called the show World's Funniest. Uh-huh. <laughs> now it's, uh, Why limit yourself? I know. <laughs> so anyway, that that was that kicked off it at seven o'clock until eight, and when the Simpsons were on with their season nine premiere of the City of New York versus Homer Simpson, and then we had King of the Hill. The first episode is how to fire a rifle without really trying. That's where Bobby learns to shoot. So those were both new. And then it was a rerun um, of the X-Files, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, the episode was called Small Potatoes. It aired, uh, it was the 20th episode of season four. Uh, its production code was 4X20. And does anybody want to guess what day that this uh, episode aired? April 20th. That was the day that this episode <laughs> aired. <laughs> so this episode actually... Um, I, I was going to watch it, but I, I ended up watching, like, everything on that King of the Hill DVD instead. Good choice. Uh, but So I looked this up, though, and uh, it's an episode called Small Potatoes. And it was written by series creator Vince Gilligan. He also was the Breaking Bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he made this episode in an attempt to prove that they didn't always have to write dark and horrific episodes. It was the Monster of the Week episode meaning it's inconsequential to the series. Um, and this, so this this one, the agents investigate uh, five mysterious births, and one of the mothers claims that the father of the child was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and Scully believed that it was just somebody using a date rape type drug to make them hallucinate. But Mulder figures out that Eddie, the janitor was a shapeshifter, and he impersonated famous people to sleep with women. (laughs) So, I mean, good on Fox to pick, like, a a funny episode of X-Files to, like, air after their comedic Sunday night uh, aired. So, I thought that was pretty pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I guess next episode we'll be talking about that, so I don't want to go too deep into season two yet. Yeah, how, how to fire a rifle without even really trying. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're bringing in good uh, numbers. I guess I'll just go ahead and say that uh, with season two, King of the Hill was looking to be a real contender. World's Funniest now shortened to two half-hour episodes. <laughs> the Im- episode immediately before The Simpsons pulled down 9.9 million viewers. They were probably just getting ready for 8 o'clock because at 8... 17.4 million families across America That's alone tuned in for The Simpsons. And then Koth retained 17.3 million. Nice. X-Files, go, boys. it was a repeat, but 13.8 million people still <laughs> stuck around and watched that X-Files episode. Hey, repeats are hard to come by in 97, but man. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so like 17 million people, that's almost, that's like 9 million more people 
then the finale uh, picked up that season two was something worth p- tuning in for. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, when it first started, it was, like, way less than The X-Files, right? Like, I get it, it was a finale episode. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a... When it first started, it was... it. So, it was just halfway through The Simpsons season. Yeah. So, it didn't have the help of, like, a Simpsons season premiere mm-hmm. to bring in the viewers, but they did have the 8 million people... Or sorry, I think it was 11 million. 11, yeah. Um, that, st- that were there for that, so... And uh, X Files was a new one, and it was you had nineteen million, almost beating the X Files. We're almost there, guys. X Files is a damn good show. It's a damn good show. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things of uh, this season for us has also just been people like reaching out and emailing us and telling us that they enjoy the show. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for all the uh, social media interactions, email interactions. It means a lot to us. It means that what we're saying is actually, you know, going to someone who's listening. And uh, it's been nearly a full calendar year since we started this project. So it's been a bit of a journey and a learning process for all of us. Uh, We promise to continue to get better as we go along. And uh, we'll see you all in season two. Yeah, thanks again. And don't think you've seen the last of the tip of the spear. I have a feeling he's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, with that, let's give another final roundtable Wimitanya of season one. Wimitanya! Drive safe. Straight Arrow, join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail.
It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us. A little bit of kind of a Ross Perot-ish sort of. Well, it's kind of mean and nasty. But loud the whole time. So he just screams a lot. Hey, Missy! How about some sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs>